Hello and welcome to the new episode of Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. I'm Maria Skovepilei, your host. Today's episode is very close to my heart as it shows just how 2020 looked like for some families. I'm talking to Angela Getz, Head of Customer Engagement at Type 4 and Advocate for Working Parents. Now, 2020 was a terrible year, we know it. It was challenging for everyone in different ways. Still, I think some were facing bigger challenges than the others. Angela was pregnant, gave birth to her second child, went on maternity leave, came back to work, just to actually start working from home while taking care of her baby, all in the span of few months. A memorable year for sure. So we are actually talking through that experience. How to prepare to leave the work and start maternity leave. Why to go through full onboarding upon return to work. We also talk about feelings of guilt when trying to do it all at the same time and not actually being 100% present for either family or work. Yes, we do actually talk about what happened in the background for working parents during 2020. So what were the situations they were facing throughout the year? And finally, we are advocating for fully flexible working hours for parents. And now I'm asking you, dear listeners, to join that conversation about advocating for working parents. Use your social media channels, use any tool that you have, and also connect with us, connect with Women in Customer Success podcast on LinkedIn and share your thoughts with us. Use your channels, and especially if you had similar experiences during the year, use your channels to advocate for working parents. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Today I'm really happy to talk to Angela Getz, Head of Customer Engagement at Typeform, and also an advocate for servant leadership and working parents. Hi Angela, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. It's my pleasure to be here talking to you. The pleasure is mine, Angela. I'm really looking forward to talk to you about various things, work and parenting today. Why wouldn't we start by you giving us a bit of your background and you know your career journey, where you are at the moment, how you enter customer success? So I'm Portuguese. My um, university degree is in marketing and communications. And that was where I spent the first seven, eight years of my career, mainly working in uh, agencies as a consultant, doing uh, PR, marketing, uh, and all in Portugal. And for personal reasons, I moved to Barcelona in 2014. So I could speak Spanish, but not in a professional setup. So the easiest way for me to find a role here was in, in support Typeform was very small at the time. I was employee number 16. So when I entered CS and the tech industry was as a support agent. As Typeform grew, I grew with the company. I got promoted from individual contributor to customer voice specialist and team manager of customer experience. And since August last year, I lead the two proactive teams within customer success. That is the customer marketing team, what we call lifecycle marketing and a traditional CSM team that internally call outcomes. Not speaking a language sometimes is a, good, <laughs> is a good motive to change careers. So are you working in English or in Spanish? Yes, yes. Uh, we, some of our CSMs speak Spanish. Uh, we do serve Spanish-speaking clients. 
but the majority platform works as an English first company and most of our customers are English speaking. And what do you enjoy in your role the most at the moment? Constant learning, I'd say. Every year, my role at Typhoon changed a little bit from support to customer voice to managing CSMs and the long tail of our customers. So every year, I'm learning a lot, giving new team members, new projects, new responsibilities. And that's really motivating. Although I'm Typhoon for seven years, I don't feel like at all doing the same work for seven years. Amazing. And how big is your team? So you said you are leading support and customer success. Uh, no, so I'm leading customer outcomes because customer platform is a whole department and we have the support branch, we have education and community and the two teams I lead that fall under customer engagement is a customer outcomes, the traditional CSM team. And there we have three members, but two to start in uh, January, so we'll be uh, five members. And in the um, lifecycle team, we have three people. Those are responsible, it's a detected, let's say. So they're responsible for the long tail of customers. Nice. And wondering during 2020, were you hiring? Were you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Were you uh, I, members? Customer Outcomes team is all new. Two of my team members started in January. The third one was hired in August. And we just finished interview process for two new to start uh, in January. And even the, in the live cycle team, I'm thinking now, one person also joined in August. So luckily, the, the Typhoon is still growing and very healthy. Oh, wow. Pretty new team. Pretty much remote. Great. Loads of challenges for that one. I could imagine loads of talking points. Let's focus on what is really interesting about you, I guess. 2020. You were pregnant. You gave birth. You were on maternity leave. You came back to work. And now it's the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) What a journey. Of course, the whole world changed in a few months. But you have done all of these different things, which are like amazing and challenging in itself, all in one year in this crazy COVID year. So shall we start with being pregnant and working? What are the things that you think you would definitely be doing for your team members of employees? How would you support someone who is pregnant and working? And is there even required maybe different type of support, things that we might not talk about, but it's important? I actually never had someone that reports to me being pregnant. So I can only speak from my experience. But being a pregnant twice a typhoon, that was my second pregnancy, is understanding that not only every employee is different, in this case, every mom-to-be is different, but every pregnancy is different. I thought I would just replicate what I did the first time. And of course, it was an exceptional year, but even before COVID uh, hit us in Spain, it was already a different uh, pregnancy. Why? Uh, it was my second one, and I couldn't rest. I couldn't do my eight hours of work, go home and rest, because I had a toddler at home. So that's uh, no uh, already <laughs> takes away a lot of energy. So that will be my first starting point. Understanding that when you're managing mom-to-be's, don't start from empathy. Understanding what they're going through, how's their body reacting to the pregnancy, what they need in that specific moment for that specific person. Because if you have a second or third one uh, being pregnant uh, in the future, like I mentioned, you will probably be different for everyone and will be different for every pregnancy. So for you, you said it was really different that you went to work, you would come home from work and then... Of course, the body is reacting in its own way. And it, then you still need to spend time with your toddler, which is, again, very demanding job almost because <laughs> yeah. not rest ever. What were some of the challenges or, or how is it difficult? What are those main challenges when you're pregnant and working and having other children or, or a child at home? 
Again, in my first pregnancy, if I was feeling tired mostly at the end of the pregnancy, I could allow me, let's say, to take a one hour during working hours to sit back, relax and take a, a nap, for example, because I could compensate late in the day. Okay, I need, I need to rest now, so I'm going to stop working now. And instead of finishing at five, I finish at six or seven or whatever time it takes. Now, it's, to be honest, it's impossible because, as you know, schools don't follow the nine to five uh, working schedule. So at four, I have to pick up my kids and I still have to do some work and I have to find ways that it's more working. I will say the main thing that changed is my mindset needs to change to stop working on time. Based. And it was never working with Typeform. It's not the kind of company that requires for you to time your working hours. It's not the environment. But even we as individuals have that in mind. No, I have to work from X hour to X hour. Being a mom, being pregnant, knowing that my body is going through a lot and I have to rest more than usual at the end of the pregnancy is how can I make the best use of my energy? So uh, making sure that the work that requires attention, focus, uh, mental capacity, I do when rested, when my kids are at school, <laughs> and I can uh, dedicate fully to, uh, to the task that needs to be done. And as being a manager, for example, for me, that meant scheduling one-on-ones for sure early in the morning that I have more energy and my kids are at school. Uh, yeah. When COVID was a completely different story, when COVID hit us. Having one-on-ones, trying to focus on the other person with a toddler around the house is a new challenge on its own. Wow, there's definitely a thing that I would also like us to go in more details a bit later on when it comes to that working hours mindset for parents, especially because it is definitely different. Well, thanks for sharing some of your experience for pregnancy. If we move on towards, you know, you giving birth, and that was... April, right when the lockdown started in Spain. Perfect timing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. So you gave birth and we're not going to go into details about that for now. (laughs) But you came home and then the craziness started, huh? Toddler being at home constantly because there was a lockdown and a newborn baby. And how long did you take the leave? And, you know, how was that time actually? Lockdown started two, three weeks, I'll say, before my due date. I told the team right away when we went home, hey, it's lockdown. I'm already uh, super tired because, uh, again, it was two, three weeks before the due date. I have my toddler home. So my focus in that period was just to make sure that the business and my team could run smoothly in my absence. So, of course, I had prepared beforehand uh, my handover, let's say, to my manager to take over the team and also the team to be able to function, as I mentioned. Two members were hired in January, so they had two, three months only with me. So all my focus, my energy at that time was to make sure that things were off to a good start once I was on maternity leave. When maternity leave came, it changed completely my plans. Not maternity leave, but the COVID. Because my plan was to, yes, be off during the four months that uh, what, what the law, uh, what's set up by law in Spain is uh, 16 weeks. So be off, but still have the one-on-ones, mainly for the new team members. And I know myself from uh, my mental capacity, I needed some breaks from uh, babies and all that craziness. But yeah, COVID came, so no, it's, it's impossible. I don't have the energy. I have my toddler 24 hours uh, at home with us. So it was 16 weeks completely off. I think I checked my mail uh, once, twice a week, just uh, some things I, uh, that came out of the pool and I needed to, to reply, but was completely off and full support from Typhoon, my manager, my team, completely off. You were preparing yourself and the team for your maternity leave. So what are those things that you 
made sure that are in place, that your system can run without you smoothly? The first one is escalations. So we are a customer-facing team. Both teams are customer-facing, although one is a, a, you know, one too many, but it's still problems can occur. So we're agreeing with both teams and my director, escalation process. What can they decide on their own? What the projects and uh, decisions do they have for full ownership? And one needs to be escalated, in this case, to my manager. So that was very important. So I was not a roadblock. They weren't left without knowing how to proceed. And that was a minimum because we have a lot of process already documented. So making sure, the hiring process, of course, I was not in the process of one of my team members that started in August. But that was clear. We had our HR team supporting us with the hiring, so not a problem. It was mainly around escalations. If a customer complains, if a manual invoice doesn't go through, all those things happen with high-touch customers to be very clear on what they could make a decision on their own. And uh, whenever they need to escalate or get help, who would be the point of contact during my absence? And then when you were off, you actually said that you, you did check emails maybe twice a week. I wonder why? Short answer is was completely 100% my decision. I feel sometimes the judgment can be both ways. So we can feel judged by doing work the emergency leave, and we can feel judged by not being completely off the emergency leave. So that's another, another, not tip, but nothing I want to highlight is understanding each maternity is different, but also each mom is different. So for me, for my mental health, to be able to disconnect from being with a newborn 24-7, I needed those five minutes just check and um, try to have some normality outside the diapers and crying and uh, all the, new the newborn is demanding. So it's actually for my own benefit. No one required me, definitely my team and my manager, my not company. But I needed those, let me stop being a mom for five seconds and just see what's going on outside the world. Even in lockdown, no? uh, I couldn't leave the house. <laughs> uh, all the news was uh, COVID and uh, so, no, I need to get out of this madness and try to have some sort of, not reality, no, but normality. That yeah. was my need to have some touch with the uh, outside COVID and uh, new, newborn and Absolutely. Yes, because you were in Spain, so you were not allowed to even be out. From March to July 1st was 100% home lockdown. <laughs> with a newborn at all. So yeah, that was my touch with uh, normality, uh, checking my emails. Well, well done to you, not only for surviving <laughs> that, but for going out so much stronger out of that situation. Wow. I mean, well done. I don't know how would I imagine having a, a small baby without that chance to go outside for walks, to, you know, make them sleep and all of those kind of normal things that would take you out of that almost craziness that you are close yeah. to four walls. Wow. Amazing. And then when you started planning your return, well, I actually started reading your blog just around in April before you went on maternity. And I was reading about all of those nice, interesting snippets of your life, of your, you know, maternity and pressures and toddlers being around, etc. So I read also that you are planning to have a full onboarding process when you come back. So tell us more about it. What was the thinking behind what am I doing when I'm coming back? So why onboarding? My first maternity leave actually happened that with both maternity leaves, we had new launches of our products. With my first maternity leave, we launched uh, what they call V2, so the second completely redesign of our product. This year as well, we're, uh, the product team was working on a new change. So the mistake I did my first maternity leave was to try to get back to speed as fast as I could, start delivering, showing that, oh no, the maternity leave didn't, didn't impact me at all, so I can just start the day one being a uh, 
like uh, four months ago. And what caused it is actually took me longer to feel that I was fully up speed and uh, fully capable of starting things on the ground. I didn't dedicate enough time to learn the new version, to understand what my teams had been gone through, to learn uh, how possibly the company changed as a, a scale-up tech company, things keep changing frequently. So I didn't want to repeat that mistake now. So I asked my team that, hey, not only, and this time, not only the product was about to change, we're releasing our new version, but also the process changed, no? Because when I went to, before my turn to leave, we were in office company with a few remotes, but majority in, in office, majority going on meeting rooms and uh, having coffee chats and uh, everything happening in the hallways. When I came back, it was all over Zoom. So process had changed, communication had changed, a lot of things had changed everywhere. <laughs> I asked my team to the same program they put in place when someone starts the company to learn the process, to learn the product, uh, how to work with customers. So I asked them to put together the same, uh, we just assigned as a put together board for me to learn about the product, but the new product, what we're about to launch, but also how communication, how collaboration had changed uh, in the company. It was completely different uh, being in the office to being 100% remote. Wow, yes. So you not only went that, you know, maternity leave to take you back to work, which is normally different, but now the whole world changed in between, right? The whole organization, the whole ways of living and working changed completely. And you wanted to get in touch with that. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> What's the question here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're still talking about, you know, between April and August of 2020. Yes. <laughs> Like three or four years worth in one. <laughs> in four months. Wow. You know what I like? I'd like to hear from you. Uh, even when you started working again, you went through the onboarding, but you were still working from home. And of course, the baby was at home, right? I mean, obviously. <laughs> and then the toddler. And that was Alex, right? Was he going yes. to back to the nursery, but still spending time at home? So how was that the whole new life, whole new work for you of being mom and going back to work from your own house with a small baby next to you. So how is that? Again, yes. completely <laughs> world. Yes. So um, for the first two weeks, it was at home. So school only started second week of September, I believe. So in the first two weeks was met. I was working, my husband was working, had newborn at home, father at home. I've been through a lot this year, but I cannot imagine what all of the parents around the world uh, have been through having three or four months of lockdown. I had two weeks and I went crazy trying to work uh, during two weeks with, uh, uh, with both kids at home. All of the parents that did that uh, from the four months we were locked down in, in Spain, I'm, I'm my true heroes. It was a big defeat my mental health. We were stressed all the time. I was feeling that, I, of course, I didn't have an energy. Uh, was a newborn. Uh, my my daughter was uh, four or five months old at the time. She was still not sleeping, still not sleeping uh, through the night. So not being able to sleep during the day, not being able to sleep during the night, uh, trying to do my job. <laughs> I still had need to do my job. Feeling that I was failing as a mom because I had my toddler, of course, for him, uh, doesn't say why we're both parents spend the day in the computer. So he wants to play, he wanted to, to go outside to do things like uh, an hour kid need to do. It was hard feeling that I was not delivering, uh, not a work and not a home. Wow. Yeah. So you said you, you felt at the moment as a failure because like you gave birth, you had two 
kids, you went back to work, you needed to work and take care of the kids at the same time. And obviously there is a clash because both of those need your attention during that same time. And then it feels like it's a failure. Wow. I didn't have postpartum depression or more serious mental health complications. And I'm not saying this for the sake of saying, but because I truly have an amazing team uh, that supports me. My manager was there uh, all the time. Uh, hey, take it easy. Don't worry. This is a crazy year, crazy absence. If you need more time off, take more time off. Uh, if you need a break, take breaks. She was fully there to support me. My team as well, the ones that count on me to help them with their, with their own career development, their own growth at the company. They were accommodating a last minute change of one-on-one saying, I, cannot, my, I have my toddler and my baby screaming. I cannot attend this meeting. So reshuffling things in the last minute, always supportive, always with a smile on their faces and never complaining. I own what I am today to my team and the company, of course. Typeform offered many services for free during August, September. They uh, offer everyone mental health therapy uh, for free, fully supportive. If I'm, if I'm more or less sane today, <laughs> I'll take more or less 100%, but if I'm more or less sane, it's uh, due to the company policy and support, and my direct team support as well. Wow, how important is that? So this is not really a huge shout out to your team and to your company. But let's be honest, just being at home in the lockdown with two kids, just making sure that they are safe, they are alive, that they don't, you know, jump through the window or, you know, do something in the kitchen, especially if you have a toddler and, you know, they, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they do it all. Just making sure that they are safe at the end of the day and that you manage to give them food, change nappy. That is a huge deal that a woman needs to do, well, the family needs to do <laughs> within 24 hours, not even adding any meeting, any call, and you were doing it all. As you said, somehow, <laughs> like I, I, I also, I can't imagine now how it would be because when we went through the lockdown and just having kids at home, doing the homeschooling, it was all like, gosh, how? <laughs> how can people do it? So, you know, people went through crazy things this, this year. Would you like to tell us some of those, as you call them, crazy moments, you know, 10 minutes before the call or five minutes before you need to do something, but there is the whole collapse because kids are crying and then you, you're just not able to do it. Or, you know, you have a client call, you need to go on it, but the kid is yeah, still sleeping and you have like two minutes to make them sleep. <laughs> Tell me about your crazy situations. Uh, I can say for sure the craziest was actually uh, a week or two before my delivery date. Uh, we were having performance reviews companies, so I had to deliver performance reviews to my, the people that report to me. So that's a serious situation, right? Even, of course, they know where, the, where they stand, but still a formal meeting, right? That uh, is very important for the other person receiving the performance review. We were two weeks in lockdown. My toddler didn't understand why mom was locked in the room with a computer. So he just wanted to be there with me. And, uh, and every time I want to be, he sitting on the computer, he wants to say hi to my friends and uh, make uh, faces and uh, sing. And it's not a meeting for you to have a toddler singing or, <laughs> or making funny faces. So yeah, so my husband came to the room, picked him up, and uh, I was trying to keep my, not only my posture, but also trying to focus on the call because I could hear my toddler screaming his lungs out loud in the living room. So I could hear all the screaming while trying to focus on the person that I was trying to deliver the performance review. So that this one that sticks to mind it was very hard to do that. And I had to do because I didn't want them to receive performance review from someone else while I was gone. 
So I wanted to, to be there, but it was crazy. After I came back to work in, in August, was, I cannot count the number of meetings where I was with my laptop, standing, bouncing my baby around, trying to put her to sleep, being on mute because she was crying on my ears. <laughs> <trying to fall> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is such a valid point. <laughs> and I remember when everyone started working remotely and there was that huge initiative. Okay, go on camera, go on Zoom, because now we all are going to see each other. And I thought to myself, and I can imagine all the other parents also thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you really want to see what is happening behind? Like, I'm happy to, to be on the call, be on mute, so you don't hear all the crying and everything else that's happening do you really want me on the camera? And I think that is very unfair to ask all employees, but let's speak about parents in particular. Sorry, you can't do that <laughs> because there are reasons why they are on mute or why they are off camera. Like, of course, that everyone would like to have the luxury of just sitting in your own room on your, in front of laptop and working. But nowadays, that seems like a huge luxury and <laughs> you can't yeah. have it always. Wow. So in conversation with you, what I can sense, there was a little bit of a guilt that always comes with parenting and with working. For sure, you feel that you're not in any of those places as much as you would like it to be. And then let's talk about the hours. So now as you went through this really interesting and crazy year, we are approaching the end of year. And I know in conversations with you, you were saying how you have the ideas of how working parents should be allowed to work within the hours that they can. So tell me more about it. What does it actually mean? Now uh, I have, of course, my toddler. Uh, it's school time is from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And my daughter goes in the mornings to daycare. She's to going now in December. And in January, she'll go the, the full day. What does it mean for me? Actually, work balance, work. I'm free now until 12 when I have to pick my daughter at daycare. I actually block my mornings two hours to do individual work, all things I have to get through with my head fresh and uh, focused. And then allow one hour, I don't know, reserve one hour each day for one-on-ones. Again, I'm there for my team, no one to screaming around. I can fully support them. Then from 12 to 2, more or less, is uh, having lunch, taking care of my daughter. I'm still with my computer trying to do some things, but I have a seven months old around me, so that's so little I can do. So it's my time to try to do those things I can do without being fully concentrated. Then to take a nap, again, one hour, an hour and a half of fully dedicated work, advanced projects. At four, I pick up my son and I tried for the month, pick him up and rushing home to work doesn't work. He was without mom and it's a plane to go to the park, uh, playing with us. So I actually block on my calendar from four to five. I'm not available. Uh, I, and I put out of the office time with kids. So everyone knows why I'm not available. And it's clear to everyone that's time I am with my kids. And it's playing time until dad gets home around 5.30, 6. And that's when I return to work. So when dad is home, he stays with, with kids. And I spend one, two hours more. I'm now starting to have a team in the US. So it also actually helps that I have some overlap with the US time zone. But yeah, I'm very clear on my calendar when I'm not at work. And I'm clear when I'm out of work because of my kids. So hey, don't try to book a meeting or to override, uh, overbook this uh, out of work because I'm with them and I won't be able to concentrate uh, or to be uh, fully present. So I work in chunks. Uh, again, in the morning, it's my most productive time because no one is at home. I can fully dedicate to work. And then bits and pieces during the rest of the day uh, to accommodate uh, having the other parents available as well. And also being able to be with my kids and play with them. Otherwise, it's just the robots around the house. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So putting that time in the calendar is amazing tip. But it seems that still, you know, towards the end of the day, you still need to work and not actually have that family time because, you know, luckily your husband is then taking care of the kids, but it's not all four of you because you still need to work. What I've noticed, you mentioned like between 12 and 2, it's lunchtime, it's a little baby time, and you're still trying to see what's happening in laptop. Why? Do you feel that you kind of need to still be available constantly, even if you may not be able to do the work during that time, but you know what really focus on later on? Yeah. So for me, that time is, first of all, the majority of the team is still in Barcelona. So they still work 9 to 6, 9 to 7. So it's more for me to be available in case they need a quick answer. So it's not doing computer work, I say typing and writing and building projects. No, it's not that. It's not a, it might be a stand-up. I can be with my baby and she's playing on the floor and, then, and my team can do the update of the day and that's fine. It's receiving a Slack message for a quick answer that I can answer in one, two minutes. So it's not being those two, three hours fully working. It's more, again, I schedule the stand-up that time because it's easy for me to have a stand-up with a team uh, while being my toddler, with my uh, baby, actually. And making sure that if they need something from me, that it's quick to answer, I can. Otherwise, they know, uh, and I tell them multiple times, if you receive something that's uh, important, I'll probably reply within the day. Either in the morning, the time in the morning, or within the day. Again, this will improve next year once the baby goes to daycare full-time, not just part-time. But you're completely right. No one replying for me is my sense of guilt or my own pressure, my own, not even professionalism, but uh, feeling that I need to be here. It's not, it's not an ego. It's knowing that because I cannot commit the eight hours or nine hours uh, straight away and uh, everyone knows whatever I'm available during that period uninterruptedly is, hey, I'm here. If you need me, I won't be able to do much, but I'm still here available. I so much wish for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, not only to be different, but that the whole workforce gets a better understanding of how parents work with children. Because let's face it, you know, with vaccine, without vaccine, the work is changing. And in the next few years, no one knows how exactly it's going to be, but it's very likely that we will be staying home mostly. Kids will be around, not only when they are maybe out of school, but even on holidays. There's so many times in a calendar year when we are with our kids and we still need to do the work. And, I'm really so, yes. <laughs> and when they get sick and all of those other situations, but it's so true. And previously when, when we spoke, and there was one thing that you mentioned, companies should allow working parents or anyone to do their work within the 24 hours that they have, no matter when. Tell me more about it, because I think that is the one or the only possible way of going forward, because there is no chance parents will be able to have a chunk of eight hours work a day. Like you're happy if you get four sometimes. So tell me more about that whole idea of allowing employees to really work when they can. That's something that actual type firms start doing. Well, they, they always had the, even the office, you could, they were flexible working hours. But now with remote and definitely with how many parents we have that had to work with it from home, it's changing. But something that actually my team, we try to have from the beginning is once I had a toddler, once I had a kid, I say, I cannot be fully because even when I pick him up at school at four, work doesn't stop at four, right? It used to have more hours during the day. So it's understanding not only for parents, but even for your own energy levels. You might not have kids, but you might not function in the morning, you might not be a morning person, right? Unless you are in a job that's customer service, 
that uh, you have to be replying to customers as tickets come in. Of course, there are exceptions. There are, uh, there are uh, if you work in a, in a shop, if you work in, no, in the retail, you cannot fully accommodate the working hours. But for the roles, that actually doesn't matter whether you are online. Whenever you schedule a meeting, thinking if you really need a meeting, can this be solved asynchronously? Maybe so by a document, in a, in a thread of emails. What's the best way to achieve this outcome? Is a meeting the best, best way? Moving from being meeting independent, uh, and I give an example, working OKRs, a, a type from, and this quarter, we had just had one meeting just to align all CS teams, and the rest was adding comments and making suggestions, and even brainstorming in the documents. So everyone, whenever they could, they go to the documents, read what others had, had read before, and add their, their suggestions. It's easier, because then you can do at nine, a six, a seven, after dinner, if it's easier for you. No, when kids, if in my case, when kids go to sleep, it might be easier for me to catch up uh, one hour after dinner than uh, trying to scramble when I'm with kids and uh, cooking dinner and uh, all the craziness happening around the house. So that's what I meant before of uh, recognizing that the day is 24 hours. And of course, I'm not saying that people should work at 3 or 4 a.m. But if for them actually works, hey, I prefer to nap in the morning or take a longer nap in the morning or uh, go to bed at 9 and sleep until 4 a.m. Then wake up and start working when the house is silent. No, everyone is sleeping. <laughs> There's no craziness around. So understand that each individual is unique and their needs will be unique. So allow them agree on the projects, agree on the due dates, agree on milestone to communicate progress, but let each person, treating them as adults, no? We're adults, we know how to manage ourselves, uh, as we should. <laughs> so give them the tools and give them uh, the coaching if they need, but allow them to do the work when they are most productive and not dictated by the cock. This is so well said. And also what you mentioned previously, you work in chunks. Yeah, allow people to work in chunks. Let's be honest, it's very unlikely that everyone will have eight hours a day, whenever that will be, you know, however flexible the start or the end day is. So that is probably one of the ways forward. I like that. If you could have done anything differently in 2020, what would that be? Having the mindset I have today about my calendar from the get-go. So for the, I came back from maternity leave in the last week of August. And until mid-November, I try to be working the normal working hours. Even with toddlers around, even with newborns around. At some point, my husband and I were working from home. And it just led to screaming, to frustration, to stress, to, again, that very strong feeling of guilt that I was not living at work and I was not being a mom like my kids needed me to be. The moment I understood the only way to continue was to making sure that I was doing work when I was alone and having that break, not feeling guilt for putting my calendar from four to five or from four to six, I'm not available. It's kids' time. And it's good for you as a colleague, because if I wasn't a call, I wouldn't be present. I would be. I remember the, I, I had some meetings, if you can call that, in the playgrounds. I pick up my kid from school. He wanted to go to the park. And I didn't want to say no to a meeting. So I was on my phone with headset, being on mute and speaking with the kids, uh, screaming in the park. It's, it's crazy. You know, it, it's crazy. But sometimes you need to feel very bad as a person, as a mom. To, no, it cannot continue. 
how can this improve? That was definitely something I would, if I could, go back in time and from day one, understanding what would be my no uh, work uh, box, being up front of my hand. During this time, I cannot be, I'm with my kids, I will apply later, you can be committing from this time to that time. These are the blocks I'm available for meetings and individual work, if you need my reply, expected, expected an answer by tomorrow. If it's urgent, of course, but if it's not urgent, I'll find time during the crazy day to get back to you. So really, keeping your calendar booked for your time with family and not feeling guilty about it because, well, why would you? It's your life <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, great. Angela, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's a, almost cathartic to go back and uh, <laughs> remember all of this. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, please click on the review button on Apple Podcast and write a comment. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram and suggest the role models you would like to see on the show. Stay safe and happy. Talk to you soon.